as we get ready to move forward um, in this service uh, with the word of God, let us turn to Joshua chapter 7. Joshua chapter 7. Thank you so much, Sister Washington, for tuning in today. Uh, Joe and Wendy, thank you all as well for uh, Pastor Reeves and um, Deacon Allen and the Tucker family. Thank you for the Briggs family. Uh, we are so grateful for uh, our young people, for J Jackson and Jasmine and, and Jada and Bianca and all of them. Thank you all so much for tuning in as well. Ashley and Chris, we are so grateful for you. Um, Dominic Sanders, thank you as well for tuning in. We're in Joshua chapter 7. Joshua chapter 7. Joshua chapter 7. Please turn to Joshua chapter 7. I know that it's not on your screen. For those who are watching, uh, we will be having that soon as we continue to grow. We're going to have that opportunity where we can put the verse on the screen. So we're getting there, y'all. We're getting there. And I'm so grateful for the AV ministry uh, just doing a wonderful job every Sunday just growing in this new technology. And y'all don't see what they what they doing behind the scene. But let's stop right now and give them a round of applause, too. It's so grateful just for the work that they are doing, just to bring this service to you all um, in a way where you all can enjoy and have a great time. So we're in Joshua chapter 7. Joshua chapter 7. So let us pray. Father God, you are amazing. Thank you so much for your word. Thank you for blessing us today. We just ask that your word just penetrate our heart. Lord God, we may encourage us, convict us, Humble us, refresh, refresh us, refuel us, and penetrate us, Lord God, where we may walk away from this word different. Have your way, Lord God. Show up in our life. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. So here we are in Joshua chapter 7. Uh, we're going to read the whole entire uh, verse because this is a narrative which means a story um, that I will be preaching through um, today and next week. But I just want to read the whole thing so you'll get the whole capture of the story. So here in Joshua chapter 7, it says, But the children of Israel committed a trespassing regarding the accursed things. For Achan, the son of Carmel, the son of Zebdi, the son of Zaroth, of the tribe of Judah, took the accursed things, so the anger of the Lord burned against the children of Israel. Now Joshua set men, sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is beside Beth Haven, on the east side of Bethel, and spoke to them, saying, Go up and spy out the country. So the men went up and spied out Ai. And they returned to Joshua and said to him, Do not let all the people go up, but let about two or three thousand men go up and attack Ai. Do not weary all the people there, for the people of Ai are few. Verse number four. So about three thousand men went up there from the people, but they fled before the men of Ai. And the men of Ai struck down about 36 men, for they chased them from before the gates as far as uh, Shebrim and struck them down on the descent. 
therefore the hearts of the people melted and became like water. Then Joshua tore his clothes and fell to the earth on his face before the ark of the Lord until evening. He and the elders of Israel, and they put dust on their head. And Joshua said, Alas, Lord God, why have you brought the people over the Jordan at all to deliver us into the hands of the Amorites, to destroy us? Oh, that we had been content and dwelt on the other side of the Jordan. Oh, Lord, what shall I say when Israel turned its back before its enemies? For the Canaanites and the, hip, and, um, and the Canaanites and all the in, inhabitants of the land will hear it and surround us and cut off your name from the earth. Then what will you do for your great name? Verse 10. So the Lord says, get up. Why do you lie thus on your face? Israel has sinned, and they have also transgressed my covenant, which I have commanded them. For they have even taken some of the cursed things and have brought stolen and, and have both stolen and deceived, and they have also put it among their own stuff. Therefore, the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies, but turned their backs before their enemies because they have uh, become doomed to destruction. Neither will I be with you anymore unless you destroy the curse from among you. Get up, sanctify the people, and, uh, and say, sanctify yourself for tomorrow because this says the Lord, God of Israel, there is an accursed thing in the midst. O Israel, you cannot stand before your enemies until you take away the accursed thing from among you. In the morning, therefore, you shall be brought according to your tribes. And it shall be that the tribe which the Lord takes shall come according to the families. And the families which the Lord takes shall come by household. And the household which the Lord takes shall come man by man. Then it shall be that he who takes with the cursed things, who are taken with the cursed things, shall be burnt with fire, he and all that he has, because he has transgressed the covenant of the Lord and because he has done a disgraceful thing in Israel. Verse 16. So Joshua rose early in the morning, brought Israel by the tribes, and the tribes of Judah was taken. He brought the clan of Judah and he took the family of Zeroth and brought the family of Zeroth men by men. And Zabdi was taken. And then he brought his household men by men. And Achan, the son of Kamal, the son of Zabdi, and the son of Zeroth of the tribe of Judah was taken. Now Joshua said to Achan, my son, I beg you, give glory to the Lord of, of Israel and make confession to him. And tell me now what you have done. Do not hide it from me. And Achan answered Joshua and said, Indeed, I have sinned against the Lord of Israel, and this is what I have done. When I saw among the spoils of the beautiful Babylonian garments 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold weighing 50 shekels, I covet 
them and took them, and there they are hidden in the earth in the midst of my tent with the silver under it. So Joshua sent messages, messengers, and they ran to the tent, and there it was hidden in the tent with the silver under it. And they took them from the midst of the tent, brought them to Joshua and to all the children of Israel, and laid them before the Lord. Verse 24, then the Lord and all Israel with them took Achan, the son of Zaroth, the silver and the garments, the wedge of gold, his sons, his daughters, his ox, his donkeys, his sheep, his tent, and all that he had, and they brought them to the valley of Achor, of Anchor. And Joshua said, why have you troubled us? The Lord will trouble you this day. So Israel stoned him with stones. And they burned them with fire after they had stoned them with stones. Verse 26, then they raised over him a great heap of stones, still there to this day. So the Lord turned from the fierceness of his anger, and therefore the name of the Lord has been called I mean, the name of that place, sorry, the name of that place has been called the Valley of Anchor to this day. Wow, wow. So on this morning, uh, for this time in Joshua chapter 7, I would like to talk to you from the topic, the effects of sin. The effects of sin. On this morning, on this morning, I would like to talk to you from Joshua chapter 7, the effects of sin. As a matter of fact, for the next two weeks, we're going to be in this chapter because God has given me multiple sermons in this chapter of Joshua chapter 7. And on this morning, and the, uh, if we look at the whole thing, we're going to be talking about sin for the next two days. I mean, next two Sundays. But on this morning, we want to look at the effects of sin. The effects of sin. I believe that some of us as believers are delusional. And I say that because what I am witnessing is believers who have surrendered their lives to Jesus Christ that continue to, continually to live and practice sin and somehow have this warped belief or understanding that God is okay with them. There's a delusion that we are living in. To believe that we can commit sexual immoralities, that we can, can live a life that, 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 that we steal, we lie, we covet, and also practice jealousy, envy, hate, and strife towards one another, and we somehow believe that God is okay. 
I know I, know I ain't going to get no amens on that. I know I ain't going to get no praying hands. I know I ain't going to get no hearts. I know I ain't going to get no, no, no pillow hugs and, 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 and none of those things. But I'm not preaching to get none of these things. I'm preaching because we need to grow in our relationship with God. We, we, we are living in a time where, 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 where people think that they can live any kind of way and God is okay with it. That, 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 that we can shack up, that we can fornicate, that we, we can uh, uh, commit homosexuality, that we can, we can cheat on our taxes, that we can go out and, and totally cuss somebody out and, and just live how we want to live and God is okay. That God is okay with it. We live in a delusion. As a matter of fact, Joshua, as a matter of fact, Sadie and Sam and Kat and, and, and Evelyn, as a matter of fact, matter of fact, I, I, I heard uh, uh, someone say, um, I want to thank God uh, for all he has blessed me with. And, and, and then after that, they cussed everybody out. I, I, I mean, how in the world can we fix our mouth? How can we fix our mouth to, to, to bless God? Excuse me. How can we fix our mouth to bless God and then turn right around and cuss somebody out? And, and we think God is fine with that. We think God is okay with that. We think God has no problem with that. Here in the text, as we look in Joshua chapter 7, as we look at the effects of sin, here in the text, in Joshua chapter 6, watch this, verse 18 and 19. Israel, the same Israel here in Joshua chapter 7, was sent into Jericho, was a, with a, who was an impenetrable um, um, city. It, it was, uh, it, no one could, could take the city over. It was fortified. It had great success and, and warriors and, 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 and armor men, and it was great security around the city of Jericho. But God sent his people in Jericho, and he gave them the instructions that they may tear Jericho down. And what God says in verse 18 and 19, that when you go in, when you destroy the city and you go in, you destroy everyone in there, there are going to be some valuable things in the city of Jericho. And, and I want this in chapter 6, verse 18 and 19. You can read it for yourself. And God says, I'm paraphrasing, God says when you go in, what I want you to do, Deacon Dixon, what I want you to do, I want you to take all the valuable things. Everything that's in the city of Jericho, I want you to take it, Sarita, and I want you to consecrate it to me. God says, when you go in this city, I want you to take all the, the valuable things, everything that is valuable, Marvin, everything that is valuable, Aiden, and when you, when you take it, I want you to bring it back, and I want you to consecrate it to me. I want you to set it apart to me as an offering. And he warned them, he says, and if anyone touch it or take it in a manner for themselves, they're going to bring curse to Israel. And now we find ourselves here in Ai. After Israel had a great success, they went into Jericho, which is an impenetrable city, and they went in there and they wiped the, uh, uh, the people out with the, with the guidance and the help of the Lord. They wiped the people out, and now they come to little old Ai. It was a small city, not a lot of people. And Joshua sent men 
as we read in chapter 7, send men in there to spout the land. And he went to spout the land. And they came back because they were, they were not strong and as warriors. They were, there was a small city. He said, man, uh, they came back. The spies came back and said, we don't even need to send anybody in there. Don't worry the people to go in there to war. Just send a couple of thousand men in. And they sent a couple of thousand men in. And what happened when they went in, they lost. And the reason why they lost is because Achan stole some of the valuables. Stole the valuables that was supposed to be consecrated to God in Jericho. So now in this story, for today as we look at sin, for the next two weeks, as we look at this title, The Effects of Sin, we now see a couple of things that we're going to look at because I want to help you. I want to help me to know that sin has an effect, that there are effects of sin. And the first thing we see here in the text in verse number one is that sin, watch this, Charlene, watch this, Murray Cook, watch this. That sin, the first effect we see of sin in verse 1 is that sin angers God. Look what it says. This is the first effect. He says, but the children of Israel committed a treason regarding the accursed things. For Achan, the son of Carmel, the, the, the son of Zebdi, um, Dab, the, the son of Zavroth, and the tribe of Judah took the accursed things, and the anger of the Lord, watch this, burned against them. <clears throat> Here it is. You got to understand, when we commit sin, when we live and practice sin, it angers the Lord. This is how sin affects. Sin affects God's uh, relation, I mean, uh, fellowship with us. Sin affects God's attitude towards us. Sin angers God. Sin angers God. It says God was angry. God's face turned red. God stopped blowing smoke out his nostrils because God hates sin so much and he hates that you decide to live in it day after day after day. All that he had done for us and we live and practice sin. And he says sin angers God. God is not pleased with us. God is not happy with us. God is not fine with us in living in sin. And here's the first effect, that sin angers God. And this is not the first time we see that. Because we've seen it in Exodus, where Moses was up on the mountain, and he was up for 40 days and 40 nights getting the Ten Commandments, and in the face of God. And God looked down off the mountain and seen that Aaron and the people had created a, a golden image to worship and put in the place of him, and they started idolatry to worship another, uh, worship a false god over the true and living God, and it said that God got angry. Sin causes God to get angry. Don't believe because you are a child of God that God is okay. Yes, grace do abound. Yes, grace do cover us. But God is not happy with our sin. We cannot live how we want to live and think God is okay with it. God is not happy. It angers God that we sin. And here we see the first effect. That God is angry. God is upset. 
God is disappointing. It's just like us with our children. When our children do wrong, when they disobey, you angry, you upset, you disappointed. God feels the same way. God hates sin. God hates sin. And there's no way that God is pleased with the way you are living. And if we're going to grow, if we're going to walk this Christian walk, you're going to have to get rid of that sin. God already destroyed the power of sin over your life. You no longer live under the power of sin as a believer. So guess what that's saying? If God destroyed the power of sin over your life, that means your sin is because you want to. That means because you want to live there. You want to live in that sin. But God says that this sin, this effect of sin, angers God. God was upset with his people. Look. Says that that they took the accursed things, and the anger of the Lord burned against the children of Israel. It burned Sister Vicky, it burned Monique, it burned Anne, it burned Jasmine, it burned Chief, it burned. God, anger burned against the children of Israel because of their sin. And the first effect we see here in Joshua chapter 7, verse 1, is that sin, uh, the first effect of sin we see is that it angers God. God is not happy with your sin. God is not happy with your sin. Don't live this delusional life to believe that God is fine with your sin. God is not happy. It angers God that we sin. The next effect we see here in the text is found in verse number five. Here it is. Verse number five is found. The next effect of sin we have here is that sin uh, caused uh, God to remove his protection. Let's look at verse number five. Verse number five, it says, watch this. And the men of Achan, uh, I mean, uh, verse number five, and the men of Ai struck down about 36 men, for they were chased from them before the gates as far as uh, Shebrim and struck them down on the descent. And therefore the hearts of the people melted uh, like water before them. And then um, let's look at, um, let's look at number, um, number 12. It says, therefore the children of Israel could not stand before the enemies, but they turned their back before the enemies, because they have become doomed to destruction. Neither will I be with you anymore unless you destroy the cursed things from among you. Hear what he says. Listen to what I'm saying. Here, as we look at the effects of sin, the first thing we've seen in verse 1 is that sin anger God. The second effect we see here in this verse in 5 and 12 is that sin causes God to remove his protection. Sin causes God to remove his protection. Now watch this. They has just defeated Jericho. Now, 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 now you, you may not understand this, but I'm going to try to make it as simple as possible, Victory. I mean, Victor, um, um, uh, um, I'm trying to make this uh, simple as possible, Vicky. Watch this. So Jericho was a fortified city. Matter of fact, it is believed that Jericho had a wall that was over 50 feet high and about three miles wide. And it was so wide that they had chariots on the wall, James, that surrounded the city. 
they had chariots riding on top of the wall around Jericho as warriors to defend Jericho. And God told them, the way you're gonna defend, the way you're gonna destroy this city is we want you to walk, I want you to walk around the city seven times. Don't make no noise. Every day walk around one time, walk around one time for seven days, and then on the seventh day, what I need you to do is I need you to walk around seven times and then make a shout and the wall's gonna come falling down. So they just experienced a great victory. Have any of you all just experienced a great victory? I mean a strong victory, a victory that you knew it wasn't nothing but God that brought you through. Anybody got any victorious stories that you just came through that God just blessed you with and there's no way that anyone could have did it. There's no way you could have did it. No way your mama could have did it. No way your, your, your children could have did it. No way your husband could have did it. No way your boyfriend, your girlfriend could have No way that anybody could have did it. Anybody got any victorious stories that God has done in their life? I'm talking about that story that, that blow your mind. That story where, where God takes things out of your life that was a hindrance to your life. That thing that God will remove some people and some jobs and some situations and some stress out of your life. Have anybody got any victories that you knew you couldn't get over unless it was the Lord? I'm talking about that victory. This kind of victory uh, uh, Israel had. So they had this victory. And now they go into Ai, which is this small place that gives no resistance. They, they, had, they, had, they were no match. Watch this. They were no match for Israel. It, it, it's nothing they could have done. It, it's nothing they could have did. It, 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 it's no help could have helped them. They, they was just that small, and God had already doomed them to be destroyed. And now Israel, who just had this great victory, this victorious victory, now go in this small place and lose the battle. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. You just, you just got over, watch this, you just got over stage four cancer that you know God brought you out and now you die to a common cold. That, that's what it looks like. That's what it looked like. It's not that extreme. It's not that extreme. It is that extreme. It is that extreme. You, you just got over a, 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 a crazy situation and then you get defeated for something small. Why, why, why is that? Because here, you got to understand, when you live in sin, God removes his protection. They go into AI. They went into AI. They went into AI, thought they had it all together. As a matter of fact, they said in the scripture, only sent about two or 3,000 men. Oh, only send a couple of men in there. We don't need to go in there heavy. We don't need to send the heavy hitters. We don't need to send the valid men. Just go in there. We're going to wipe them out. And when they got in there, they lost the battle. To little old AI, why did they lose the battle? Because of their sin. Because of their sin, they lost the battle to AI, and they got defeated because God removed his protection. The reason why some of us ain't winning no small battles, ain't winning no battles at all, because God has removed his protection. Just because you are living in sin, you can't win a battle. You losing everything you come against. You can't win your mortgage. You can't win a man. You can't win a woman. You can't win your marriage. You can't win your children. You can't win at work. Nothing is going right. Your refrigerator breaking down. Your car messing up. Bills stacking up, everything is messing up. Your health faded, maybe because of your sin, that God removed his protection. Oh, I know this ain't popular preaching. I know y'all don't want to hear, but you're going to hear it from me. 
You're going to hear this from me, this good preaching to me, because we got to grow in our relationship with God, and we can't live this delusional mind to think that we can live in sin and God is okay with it. God says, I move my protection. I move my protection. God has moved his protection, and he'll move it off your life as well. If you think that you're going to live in sin and God is fine with it, he's going to move his protection. And I don't know about you, but I don't want God to move his protection because his protection protects us in things that we don't even see. His protection protects us in things that we can't even imagine. I'm, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you. Uh, two years ago, two years ago, two years ago, my wife called me, uh, and I was on my way to Bible study at Kettering, and uh, my wife called me, and she said, uh, I, 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 my chest is hurting so bad, and, and I, I can't move, I can't move. And I said, where you at? She said, I'm in the parking lot. I just came out the grocery store, and I went down there, and she was slumped in a chair, and we thought she was having a heart attack. Thank God it wasn't. So we, we on the phone with EMT, and they told us, go get aspirin, and we got aspirin. She taken, and they come there, and they take her to Anne Arundel Hospital. Uh, Sister Rita, watch this. They take her to Anne Arundel Hospital, and we get there, and she got this pain, and they do all they tests, and they found out that she had an aneurysm and a dissection in her uh, uh, um, celiac artery. That's the artery that feeds the blood, I believe. I'm not a doctor. That's the artery that feeds the blood to the stomach, to the liver, to the kidneys, and things like that. And it's right in the middle here, but it's actually in the back. So they, she had an aneurysm there with a dissection. Now, dissection means that the blood is not going through the, um, through the, the vessel properly. It's going through the layers of skin. So you have blood going in, but instead of going in, your, your, uh, uh, the artery is going through the skin and it's tearing the skin up in the artery through the layers of skin. So that's a dissection. But, but it's, it's not normal to have an a, a, uh, a aneurysm and a dissection at the same time. It's not normal. It's not normal to do that. And the, the actually, by her having the dissection, which caused the pain for her to have, watch this, and this was the third uh, toughest pain that the body can ever feel. This was the third most extreme pain that the body can ever feel. So look, watch this. So the, 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 the um, dissection caused pain to say that there was a problem. If the dissection wasn't there, then the aneurysm could have bust and we wouldn't have never known what happened. But the dissection happened to show that there's a problem here and we need to get it fixed. And watch this. When we went into the doctor, the doctor says that it was God. Watch this, who was looking over you because, watch this, because you had a dissection and a dissection informed us that you had a problem because aneurysm don't have pain. It just busts. But the dissection let us know that you have a problem. I'm trying to get you to help understand God protection is everywhere. God protection, he protect us when we can't even see it. He protect us when we don't know it's coming. And you want to live in sin and lose God protection? God, I need your protection because there people coming after me. There's things that's out to get me, and God, that I can't see. But God, I need your protection, and I refuse to live in sin where I can, where your protection can be removed. Where your protection can be removed. He says, look, he says that, 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 that here's one of, the, one of the effects of sin. God removes his protection. They lost the battle. They lost the battle to Lord Ai. And I ask you again, why you keep losing those battles? Is it because of your sin? Because you think God is okay with you cussing people out? 
You think God okay with you living a life that, 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 is, that is, don't have any self-control? You think you, God is okay with your gluttony and your covetousness? I know covetousness is a churchy big word, but it just means you want more and more of the same thing that you already have enough of. That is sin. Covetousness is sin. Wanting more and more that you already have enough of. And God says, if you live in, in your sin, I will remove my presence, I mean, my protection from you. He said, this is the effect of sin. He said, the first thing we see in this Joshua chapter 7, verse 1, is that the effects of sin, it caused God to be angry. The second effect, he says that in verse 5 and 12, is that God moves his protection. And then the third thing, and I'm out your way, and we're going to be back here next week looking at this sin issue. The third thing that, that sin affects, he says, watch this. He says, the third thing we see here, and we find this in verse 5, 6, 24, and 26. Let's read it. He says in five, verse 5, 6, and 24, the, the third thing that sin affects is sin affects everyone. Look at this. You got to understand this. Sin affects, uh, uh, the effects of sin, it causes God to be angry. The effects of sin, it causes God to remove his protection. Um, um, protection. The effects of sin, sin affects everyone. Look at this in verse 5. We just read verse 5, and we're going to read verse 5 and 6 and number 24 and 26. It said, and then the men of Ai struck down uh, 36 men, for they chased them from before the gates of Shebrim and attacked them down on the descent. Therefore, the hearts of the people melted and became like water. Then Joshua tore off his clothes and fell to the earth on his face uh, before the ark of the Lord until evening. And he and all the elders of Israel, and they put the dust on their head. Look at verse 24 through 26. Then Joshua and all of Israel with him took Achan, the son of Zarah, the silver and the garments and the wedges of gold, his sons, his daughters, his ox, his donkeys, his sheep, his tent, and all that he had. And they brought them to the land, I mean, to the valley of, um, of, um, of, um, uh, to the uh, valley of um, Achor, uh, Achor. And then he says, um, and Joshua said, we have, I mean, why have you troubled us? The Lord will trouble you this day. So all the Israel stoned him with stones, and they burned them with fire after they had stoned them with the stone. Then they raised the, over him a great heap of stones, still there to this day. So the Lord turned from the fierceness of his anger. Therefore, the men of, the, I mean, the name of this place has been called the Valley of uh, HR to, uh, to this day or anchor to this day. So now we see that the third effect of sin is that sin affects everyone. Can y'all say that with me? I'm not one of them preachers that say, look at your neighbor, but I need you to say that. Put in the chat that sin affects everyone. Come on, say it with me. I don't hear y'all. Sin affects everyone. Why do you say that, Pastor Pew? Why do you say that? Watch this. We say that, watch this, because we believe, uh, Shiller, uh, Shirley, we believe, Kim, that when we sin, we mind in our own business. Watch this. You will say, don't mind, mind, mind your business. I do what I want. That this is my business. I can do what I want. But no, you can't. Because we are connected in the body of Christ, when one sin, we all feel the sin issue. 
We all feel the pressure. We all feel the issue. Watch this, and I'm going to explain it. And we all feel the judgment that is coming against you. So sin affects everyone. When you go out and sin, it's not just your issue. It's everybody's issue. It's every one of our issue when you go out and sin. When I go out and sin, it's every one of our issue. Sin affects everybody. Watch this. Israel was affected because of one man that was Achan. Achan decided to go out and steal from God and sin against God. And now Israel is affected. Israel had to... Uh, had to absorb the blunt of the of the judgment that Achan did on because Achan decided to sin, because sin affect everyone. Sin affect everyone. Watch this. Watch this. Well, what did Achan's sin affect? I'm glad you asked. Oh, it's getting good now. I'm glad you asked. What did Achan's sin affect? Watch this. The first thing Achan's sin affect, and I'm telling you that sin affects everyone. Is 36 men lost their lives. Because Achan decided to live in sin, because he decided to, to, to go against God and disobey God, he has now sinned against God, and now the result is 36 men of Israel lost their life because Achan was selfish and wanted to steal things from God and wanted to fulfill his own desires and his own flesh and, his, and please himself instead of pleasing God. And now Achan has caused 36 men to lose their life. Mm, this is good stuff. 36 men, because sin affects everyone. Watch this. Let's go a little deeper, because I see y'all looking lost. Because y'all saying, well, where is 36 men? Let's look at it. 36 men lost their life because Achan decided to sin against God, because sin affects everyone. But look at this. Not only did 36 men lose their life, but 36 fathers didn't come home. Nikki and Kenneth, watch this. 36 fathers didn't come home. Watch this. 36 brothers lost their life. Watch this. 36 men in the community lost their life. Watch this. 36 sons lost their life. Watch this. 36 warriors lost their life because one man decided to sin. How many people have you killed with your sin? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Y'all don't want this message today, but I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give it to you because you need it. We need this. We need this if we're going to grow. How many people have you destroyed with your sin? How many lives have you destroyed? You think because your sin is to you and you doing it alone and, and you do what you want to do that it's okay? No. How many families have you destroyed with your sin? How many families have you destroyed committing adultery and sleeping around with married people? How many families have you destroyed for going out and sin against God? How many jobs have you destroyed from going out and sin against God? You cannot think that you can only sin and it only affects you. No, sin affects everyone. 36 men, watch this, 36 men lost their life, Nate, 36 men, because of their sin. Sin affects everyone, but not only that, oh, it get, it get better, it get better, I'm in it now. Not only that, look at verse 5, look at verse 5. It says, and the men of Ai were struck down, and about 36 men were chased, and they, and they lost their life, watch this. But it says at the end of verse 35, therefore the hearts of the people melted and became like water. 
Watch this, Lacey. Watch this, Gene. Watch this, Nate. Watch this, Lena and Gretchen. Watch this. Here it is. Not only the sin, I mean, sin affects everyone, and it affected those 36 men that caused them to lose their life because Achan decided to please himself and steal from God and, and sin, and it affected these 36 men. But not only did his sin affect these 36 men, what else did it affect? It affect the whole nation of Israel. It says in verse 5 that the Israel heart melted. <clears throat> that Israel had no more faith. They lost all hope. They didn't want to fight no more. They didn't want to stand with God no more because the, the beating that they seen, they were afraid. How is this? Because sin affect everyone. The whole nation was affected because of one man sin. And I ask you, is your sin or my sin affecting the, king, the whole kingdom of God? Because sin affect everyone. They, they heart melted. They had no more fight. They had no more drive to, to, to live with God. They had no more drive to serve God. They had no more drive to go to war. Because of what they went through. I'm trying to help you understand how sin affects everyone. Your sin is just not your sin. Every one of our sin affects everyone. But not only that. I got some more for you. It says that sin affected the 36 men. Sin affected, watch this. Uh, uh, the whole nation, they lost heart. And look in verse 24 through 26, Lena. Look at it. Look at it. Then Joshua and all the Israel... With him took Achan and, and um, the son of Zarath, the silver, the gold, the wedge, I mean the wedges of gold, his sons, his daughters, his ox, his donkey, his sheep, his tent, and all that he had brought to the, um, and they took it and destroyed it. Look at that. So sin affects everyone. It affected the 36 men. It affected the whole nation. And it also affected Achan's family. Watch this. Verse 24 through 26. Look at me. I'm almost done. Hang in there with me. Watch this. Because of Achan's sin, because of Achan's sin, watch this, his whole family was destroyed. This is the effect of sin. Watch this. Now, this, this, is, this is harsh judgment on God. I, I, I had to look at this. God, I'm wrestling. Because watch this. Now, 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 I'm make a joke about it. I'm make a joke about it, but I, I'm definitely going to hit you. Watch this, watch this, watch this. What did the donkeys and the goats have to do with Achan? Why, God, why, why did you kill his animals? Not only did you kill his animals, but you took his house. It said his tent, Deacon Dixon. Why, why, why did you destroy his tent? That, that doesn't make sense to me. And then after that, it said you took his sons. You killed his sons, God. You killed his daughter, God, all because of one man's sin? That, that's harsh to me. But you got to understand how God looked at sin. The wages of sin is death. And under no circumstances, watch this, listen to me. Under no circumstances is this preaching generational curse. Because the Bible do not stand on generational curse. Now, the generation coming after you can be affected by your sin. But there is no such thing that the Bible preached generational curse. So watch this. So why did his kids and everybody else get caught up? Why, why did they die? Why did God, you destroyed all of them? So there are a couple of views here. 
One is some believe that generational curse, that, that Achan's sin, so his sin, his judgment of sin was passed down to his kids and everything else. That's generational curse. But God doesn't do that. And we can support that in so much scripture that God doesn't show generational curse. God, God does not support generational curse. Now, what happened, your generation can be affected by your sin. Like, say, for instance, if me and my wife was alcoholics and all we did was drink, we can affect our kids because when they born, they can be born with the alcoholic syndrome or an abusive life. And what we lived out, the sin we lived out can affect their lives. That's not generational curse. That's just their effect by the sins of their parents. Okay. So now, so, so some believe in generational curse. If this happened because of generational curse, I don't believe that. But there's another view. Some say that, that, that the reason why God had to destroy everything is because his kids and his sons was in on it. So God says, y'all picked up the traits from your daddy. Y'all like to steal from me? I got to destroy y'all because y'all was in on it. Y'all hid it. But if that was the case, if that was the case, Deacon Dixon, then why did the animals die? Why was the house destroyed? Because they wasn't in on it. Why, why was that? If that was the case that it was because his kids was in on it that God destroyed them, then why was the house and the animals destroyed? So the third view is which I hold. I hold to this view. The reason why all of them was destroyed, because God have to destroy sin. So now, the reason why I destroy it, so it won't be no residue of sin. That's why in the scripture, in um, Hebrews, I think it's Hebrews, it's Hebrews, uh, I think, um, no, it's in Galatians chapter 5, verse 9. Galatians chapter 5, verse 9 says it like this, that a, a little leaven leavens the whole lump. What it mean? A little piece of yeast will rise the whole thing of bread. So now, instead of getting the bread to rise, don't put no yeast in it. So now what God had to do, God had to destroy everything because he wanted to get rid of sin. This is the same thing that Paul was talking about in 1 Corinthians, uh, I think, chapter 12, when he was telling them to excommunicate themselves from that person who was sleeping with his father's wife, that you have to remove it out the way. And God says, watch this, and God says this affects everyone. Your sin affects everyone. His, his children died. His animals died. His house was lost. How many of you lost your house because of sin? How many of you lost your animal because of sin? How many of you lost your children because of sin? So it's still happening today. Sin affects everything. You losing your home now. You losing your house now. You losing your marriage. You losing your children. You losing relationships all because of your sin and my sin. God says your sin affects everyone. Watch this, watch this, watch this. If I, as the pastor of Clinton Baptist Church, decides to go out there and commit adultery and cheat on my wife, which I, I pray God I don't. I pray I don't. But if I go out and commit adultery, guess who's going to be affected? Every one of you all. Not only will my personal home be affected, because I know my wife is out of there, so I know that. Not only will my personal home be affected, but not only that, my children will be affected because they're going with her and because and they're going to look at me funny. And not only my children going to be affected, our home will be affected because guess what? I'm going to lose the home. And not only is my home going to be affected, but the paycheck going to be affected because I'm going to lose the paycheck. And not only am I going to lose the paycheck, but I'm going to lose the church. 
and all you all going to be affected as well. That's how sin affects everyone. Everyone I have pulled into will be affected. Now, there have been pastors who've done that, and God showed favor on us. They have restored their marriage and with their wife faithfully. Like God said, David committed adultery, and God said, this is a man out there's own heart. But the consequences of your sin will affect everyone. And David lost his child because of his sin. His child was, got, uh, God took his child because of his sin. His, his child died because of his sin. Sin affects everyone. And here today, I want to share with you that your sin affects everyone. It affects every single one of us. You can't sin by yourself and think it's okay. No, it's not, because every one of us is affected by your sin. When you're in drugs and you're a drug addict, every one of us is affected. We hate to see you like that. When you're a thief, we hate to see you like that. When you're incarcerated for stealing and lying, we hate to see you like that. When you lose your home for adultery, we hate to see that. When you're losing your marriage and your children are not, uh, uh, and your relationship are not right, we hate to see you like that. When you're running over with gluttony, we hate to see you like that because it affects all of us. And all of us are burdened by your sin. And not only that, if I decide to sin as a pastor, God will remove all the favor and protection off of this church because of one man's sin. So today, I want to present to you the effects of sin. The first effect we see is that it angered God. The second effect we see is it caused God to remove his protection. And the third effect we see that sin affects everyone. 36 men lost their life. The whole nation lost heart and also it destroyed Aiken family. Now, there's so much more in this scripture that we're going to come back next week, and we're going to look at this again as we look at sin this next two weeks. And I want you to tune in next week, and I want you to come back next week, and I want you to invite some friends as we look at sin. And next week, next week, we're going to look at sin, but we're looking at it from a title that sin must be dealt with. We saw the effects of sin. Now we're going to look at the same verse, the same scripture, the same chapter, and look at sin must be dealt with. Now before we move forward, not only does sin affect uh, God's, uh, cause God to be angry, not only does sin cause God to remove his protection, not only does sin affects everyone, but sin also affected our relationship with God. Because of the sin of Adam and Eve, we lost our relationship with God. We were now in a deprived state because of their disobedience. When Adam and Eve sinned, they affect, they affect everything. The nature was affected. Agriculture was affected. The world was affected, and even our relationship with God. At one time, they hung out in the garden with God, but then when they sinned, they were separated from the garden. Matter of fact, they were kicked out of the garden. 